Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Next Level Brands Podcast. We're brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses, workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you're an early stage startup or still in ideation, then Launchpan is a course designed for you. All of the basics and more, saving you tons of time and thousands of dollars in launching your growing your food, beverage, or small goods business. More details available at kitchentoshelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com. What you need to know to grow. Hello, everyone. This is Steve Clear, and today I'm welcoming Amy Lacey to the show. Amy is the owner and founder of Cauliflower Foods. She's a resilient leader in her many roles as entrepreneur, best-selling author, and autoimmune advocate. Like many food and HBC entrepreneurs, Amy's venture into creating a product was actually an answer to solving a personal challenge. In 2010, Amy had been diagnosed with lupus, becoming one of 50 million-plus people suffering from an autoimmune disease in the United States. No longer able to enjoy pizza night with her family, she set out to reimagine her favorite foods and created a no-mess, no-stress cauliflower pizza crust to satisfy her cravings without sacrificing her health. Since then, Amy's cauliflower pizza crust were selected as Clean Eating's magazine's coolest new find and one of Whoopi's favorite things on The View. She's also been featured in major publications like Eat This, Not That, Delish, Pop Sugar, and Entrepreneur Magazine. She's kicked off the new year by launching a national best-selling cookbook called Cauliflower Kitchen, 125 cauliflower, cauliflower-based recipes for carbs you crave. And she continues a great 2020 by being a special guest here on the Next Level Brands podcast. How are you doing, Amy? I'm doing great. Wow, what an intro. That was <laughs> amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an exciting journey, so I'm excited to be here and share, and hopefully I can help somebody else out there. There you go. Not a problem. Well-deserved. Um, you know, this, the journey that you've been on and the journey that a number of people have been on, I have over the last eight months interviewed dozens of people in the CPG business, mostly from entrepreneur side, some from some larger and some from suppliers. But I'm amazed at the number of people who actually got into the business to basically address a health situation or something that, that they were going through or that their family was going through. Many times it's not necessarily the entrepreneur, it's their son or daughter or you know husband or whatever that they're trying to, to, to do something for. And, and so can you tell us, first of all, a little bit about autoimmune and lupus for those who don't know and why that was such a challenge for you dietetically? Yeah, so yes, I've never been in the food industry, by the way. And I basically didn't start out to be in the food industry and certainly not to create the movement that we created because we literally were basically the first cauliflower besides the head of cauliflower product on the market. But what happened with me was literally overnight, I became very, very sick. And after a lot of prescriptions being put on me and and with autoimmune, I was first diagnosed with connective tissue disorder and basically inflammation in the body, attacking my body in areas that I, I couldn't visibly see and then areas that I could visibly see. So a lot of people will test positive 
for an autoimmune, but if they don't have active symptoms, then they're not going to be treated for it. And so it's really the combo of having the positive blood work as well as active symptoms. So the inflammation just took over one day. And for a while previous to that happening and and me actually being formally diagnosed, I was getting rashes, which is a common symptom of lupus, and treating it with steroids. I was getting shots from my doctor for steroids, and they were telling me that it was poison oak. (laughs) And I lived in the canyon and had a couple dogs, so I thought, well, that's not, that's probably, you know, there's poison oak up here. But I, I kept getting it on my chest, and I kept thinking, I'm not rubbing against my dog on my chest. Like, how is this happening? <laughs> Anyways, um, it's a very long story, but I developed a blood clot. And so I was on Coumadin oh, yeah. and Plaquenil. Yeah, Plaquenil for the uh, autoimmune and various other uh, prescriptions like steroids. And it was just a really low point in my life. I was I am, I'm not was, I am a mom of three kids and I was a stay-at-home mom then when this happened and I really wanted to find normalcy back for our lives because it kind of flipped my world upside down and there were times where I couldn't get out of bed. I became very, very depressed. I gained a lot of weight. I eventually got put on Wellbutrin for depression. So here I am Wow. with three right. little kids. Yeah, th- three little kids. I'm hitting my rock bottom. I'm feeling very hopeless. And I thought, you know what? I can't, I can't sit here in this pity party. I got to figure out how to get off these medications because the side effects of the medications were almost as bad as the actual diagnosis. So the symptoms were just as bad as the side effects pretty (sighs) much. And I know steroids are, I mean, Sleep deprivation is used in prisons for a reason, and steroids cause you to have severe sleep deprivation. You cannot sleep when you're on that high of doses of steroids. So it was a vicious cycle. So I decided to research and do what a lot of people do, and they go to the Internet and they start looking at their symptoms and how to recover from whatever they've been diagnosed and get off those medications. And I thought, well, let's use food as medicine. And let me see if I can maybe alter the inflammation by going on an anti-inflammatory diet. And one of the first things I was looking for was I I eliminated grains, alcohol, sugar, white refined sugar. And one of the things I wanted to do was um, have pizza again. My kids love (laughs) pizza. It was our favorite food. We had family fun pizza night where we had games or movies and pizza. And so I wanted to bring some normalcy back. My kids had watched me pretty much live in bed and our whole life was pretty much turned upside down. I wanted to bring something fun and normal back. So I went to the internet, I found a recipe and I tried the cauliflower pizza crust. And really I didn't eat cauliflower. I joke about this all the time. Cauliflower wasn't a vegetable that you found in my kitchen because I'm a broccoli (laughs) zucchini girl. You did not find cauliflower in there. I didn't like it. I didn't like making it. And so it was a real stretch for me to go and get the ingredients and make it. And honestly, the first time I made it, it was a complete disaster. The second and third time I made it, complete disaster. Something inside of me kept pushing to try to make it work right. And I finally made it. I served it to my family. They loved it. And then it became a regular recipe that I made. I made a lot of things grain-free and sugar-free. But that was one of the ones that the kids really loved. And right. 
fast forward a couple of years, I got really healthy, lost about 50 pounds because I had gained quite a bit of weight, um, started getting really healthy, was off all of my medications, and I decided to go to life coaching school. I did the Martha Beck program, and I wanted to pay it forward. So I became a life and health coach, and I mainly focused on clients that had some kind of condition, whether it was type 2 diabetics, post-op, bariatric patients, whatever it was people that were looking to change the way they eat and make food um, their medicine to get off of meds, which is sure. why I was really passionate about fellow autoimmune and diabetics, type 2 diabetics. And so that's what I did. And in the process, another health coach and I decided to do these healthy happy hours, which was not your typical happy hour. It didn't have alcohol at the happy hour. We served cauliflower pizza crust and zucchini noodles as pasta. And people loved it, and they encouraged us to take it to farmer's market, and the health coach and I decided to do that, and that's how Cali Flower Foods was born. See, that's, yeah, and that's absolutely great, because that's sort of the route, you, you know, from the kitchen to the farmer's market to, oh my goodness, there's a whole bunch of other people out there who want to eat, whether they need to eat it or not, but want to eat it, and there you go, you're off to the races. Yeah, and so... We started serving it at the farmer's market on Thursday nights. And before we would ever make it to farmer's market, people would be calling me at home and we would be getting it to them before farmer's market and selling out really before farmer's market and definitely during farmer's market. <laughs> so then I was like doing the research. I had gotten my cottage license. We had done the trademark and all of that, filed for the LLC paperwork, did all that that work that these startup entrepreneurs are well aware of and very important by the way I will say one of the mistakes I made early on was not getting a really good attorney really good attorney that's in the CPG space that understands the food industry and FDA regulations and all of that it's yes. well worth the money yes so that's that's definitely a piece of advice I have for early startups but so I had not the greatest lawyer and there was a lot of mistakes made with that but I won't focus on the negative but we um we just we ended up I ended up staying up many many nights making it, and I finally realized I need help, and so I hired a co-packer, and I started making it alongside the co-packer in an industrial kitchen, and still we were growing at a pace that I still needed help. So then he became uh, our manufacturing facility and co-packed pretty much ninety percent of the product. And I did about 10% so I could actually get sleep and be a mom still. Sure. And that's how we, that's how we started. But we didn't go, we only were in a couple little grocery stores that were local. And one thing I learned early on is going into grocery can be quite expensive. Usually people are looking for Kickstarter plans or funding to be able to manage grocery. And so I thought, well, I have a little experience online. I understand e-commerce. I, I had a business um, and I, I did pretty well in e-commerce. So I'm going to try selling this on e-commerce. Give this a and shot. I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I had been to a conference called StoryBrand. Have you ever heard of StoryBrand? Yes, I have. Okay, so Donald Millard leads StoryBrand and it's really a way to teach you how to create your own website and make it more about your customers and create your customers are the heroes, basically. And it teaches you how to market that way. 
And I had a lot of customers, had a lot of clients who had been eating our product, who had been using food as medicine and changing their lives. And I thought, okay, let's take this online and let's share our customers' stories. Stories, and we shared yeah. One particular, yeah, we shared one particular customer that we had. Her name was Jessie. She had a daughter named Kenzie. And Kenzie was nonverbal autistic. And Jessie said, you know what? Our doctor just put Kenzie on a, a low-carb to no-carb diet. And I'm not a fan of diets, by the way. I don't our, – our products are low-carb just by default because of what, what ingredients are in them. But I'm not, like – you know, I, I don't promote uh, any particular diet. It's more of a lifestyle change. But Jesse said, Kenzie's been put on a low-carb diet, and is there any way we can get some of your crust? We want to use them as bread. We want to use them in sandwiches and as toast in the morning. And I said, sure. So we sent them to her, and in order for Kenzie to eat, Jesse had to sit down with her. So Jesse was eating our crust as well, and they were eating them once to twice a day for seven months. Oof. And I get a call from Jesse seven months later, and she said, Hey, I just want to let you know that Kenzie is now talking and she's going to get to go to public school with an aide. And by the way, I went low carb for the last seven months and I've lost 169 pounds. Wow. I was like, what? What? Yeah. yeah, she lived a few. Yeah, I was like, what? First of all, I think losing that much weight that quickly is probably not healthy, but for her, that's what happened. And it was kind of a side effect of taking care of her daughter, really, and eating what her daughter was eating. But she was, she was eating our crust once or twice a week. And we shared that story online on Facebook. And it wasn't about Jessie's weight loss. It was about how changing what she was eating for seven months changed their life, like literally changed Kenzie's life and changed Jessie's life. And that story went viral. And we sold more. We launched that story in early January 2017. And we sold more crust in the month of January of 2017 than we had the entire year of 2016. And it has never slowed down. The e-commerce business has never stopped growing. And so it's been a wild ride. I have to admit that I wasn't prepared for that kind of growth that fast. So we had to scale really fast. And when you scale fast, you make a lot of mistakes. But I also had to learn really quickly the food industry, right? Um, regulation, who to trust, who not to trust, all of those things. So on the e-commerce side now, for benefit of, of audience, uh, that's shipped frozen? Is that how they come? So when we first started with our crust and our flatbreads, we shipped them frozen. We were having them tested to see because they were a fully baked product. I had a good friend or I have a good friend that owns a bakery and she told me, she goes, you know, we, we ship zucchini bread and pumpkin bread and we don't freeze it. With, and we were sending it out frozen with dry ice packs and right. no sweat ice packs. And so we didn't know any better, but we had the product tested and we learned that our product has a shelf life, but it's shelf stable and can be slapped out and sent uh, USPS without any problem. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because that's it. It's one of the challenges with I, I think when I, working with different categories in the food industry is you know dry grocery. Hey, easy. We don't have much of a problem. Two year shelf life. Um, frozen. You know, you actually have a little bit more time. But if you're doing anything that's fresh, fresh, 
the clock is ticking. And um, many people are challenged by trying to do that in the e-commerce space because of that. So, but you saw that. Yes, especially with a product that has no preservatives. So right. like that loaf of bread that turns green within a few days, it, you know, you that's our product. We have no preservatives. And, you know, you can buy a loaf of bread in the grocery store and it can sit on your shelf for weeks and not have a problem, but you've oh, yes. loaded with preservatives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were a no preservative product and it was somewhat of a challenge. So what we did was we immediately met with FedEx, UPS, and USPS and got a contract. Um, we definitely had to do expedited shipping and that costs more. So you've got to figure that into your cogs. And if you can work with one agency, and I highly recommend picking one that gives you a great deal and is a partner with you, will regularly come and visit you. And that's what ours did. Right. And really work together on a great rate. And we did that with the USPS system. We, we did priority two day. Um, when we became Amazon prime, we switched out and supplemented that with USPS or excuse me, UPS and then also FedEx. But USPS was our, our main source and we, we got a phenomenal contract with them and they became a partner with us and figured out ways. Um, we had custom boxes made. They figured out ways that we could send the product to zone eight, which would be from California to New York to New York yeah. and do it efficiently. Yeah. So it, it was a learning experience. It cost a lot of money for me to figure that out. Um, we now ship pizzas frozen and we use a system called PSS. Highly recommend those guys. They're great. They're phenomenal to work with. They do frozen very, very well. So you've got to be careful. Our, our pizzas are our top pizzas. We just launched them in September. We've got four SKUs. We're about to come out with three more and they have to remain frozen with dry ice. And so that takes a set of, we've always had our own fulfillment center until recently when we moved to PSS because that takes somebody that that's all they do. Um, And that they do it really, really well. So anybody that has a frozen product that's looking for a partner, PSS, they, they are a great partner. And that's, and that's a great thing to find because you, you have somebody who is an expert in what they're doing and you benefit from kind of the collective experience of all the other stuff that they're, that they're shipping or they're fulfilling. It's not, it, it's not easy. Um, I, it's I, not. Yeah. I remark to people that, you know, we, a lot of us, you know, you start out in the food business, but you very quickly escalate into the logistical business and, you know, and it's a different, it's a different type of business. And so, you know, finding a partner like that is absolutely uh, that that a real good stroke of good fortune, as it were. Um, let me yeah, ask you. I, oh, so go ahead. Definitely. No, I was just going to say definitely, and also the customer experience. You know, making sure that right. when it comes to them, it's a really good experience, and that's very that's key. That's key. It can't just be thrown together a box inside of another box. Like we try to, we insert recipes. We insert extra special um, instructions. I mean, we make it very personal and we cater to our customers. So we listen to what they want. At the holiday season, they wanted more appetizer recipes. So we made sure we inserted those and just 
making it a unique experience because they are going to have to pay more if it's frozen and they need to be able to realize that it's worth it. If they want it on their front doorstep and they want it to stay frozen, they've got to be willing to pay a little bit more. The one thing though is to make sure you have a really good partner with really good rates. Do not pay the shipping rates that you first get quoted. I trust me. They're right. willing to work with you. You've got to make that happen. You, yeah. Yeah. You have to do that. Did you, um, what was, I mean, obviously that was, you know, taking a lot of your time. When was the decision or how was the decision made that you also wanted to increase your retail footprint and how'd you do that? Yeah. So that was interesting. So 2017, we were online only and I had a small team and most of my resources went into customer service. So we did most of our business with direct consumer off of our website. We used a great platform called Shopify, still use them today, really focused on our own website and making sure the mobile app was efficient and did a lot of social media and worked with influencers, but everything was pretty much 90% was direct to consumer, about 8% was Amazon, so very little Amazon business. Uh, okay. I love the direct to consumer because that allows you to really communicate directly with your customer and can't necessarily do that on Amazon and you can't do that in groceries. So I loved getting to know who my customer was, and I realized my Facebook customer and my Instagram customer are totally different, but they both love the product, but for different reasons. <laughs> so really getting to know our customer, and we we grew, we had over a 1,000% growth in 2017, and then we had 400% growth in 2018. Again, all direct to consumer with our Amazon business. And we started getting into some grocery at the end of 2018. Mainly the reason why is I felt like I really had a good feel of what who my customer was and what they wanted. And they had been asking for more plant-based items. And so we came out with a lot more SKUs for plant-based. And we wanted, we started seeing all kinds of competitors coming out. So when we launched in 2016 at Farmer's Market and a couple of little local grocery stores, Nobody else was out there. All there was was the head of cauliflower. Trader Joe's wasn't there. Nobody. Now there's over 70 cauliflower products, and it's a billion-dollar category. Cauliflower category is a billion-dollar category, not the the pizza, although who knows? It might be getting climbing up there with all these new pizza brands. And the one thing I realized was that most of the products coming out had fillers. It's cheap to make a cauliflower pizza crust when you add a bunch of fillers. Look. People read your labels. (laughs) And I say to those fellow entrepreneurs, try to keep your product authentic. When you start looking at the dollar signs and you alter your product to make it more affordable so that you can make more money, it's going to, I mean, consumers are starting to get smart. They're reading the labels. They see what's online. They don't want sellers. Keep your product authentic. Stay true to who you are. And that's what we've done all along. So I realized we need to get in grocery because we need to get to more people because our competitors who have some of our competitors are great. Some not so great have fillers and, you know, diabetics can't eat their products. People on keto can't eat their products. You know, and the list goes on autoimmune can eat their products. So I wanted to get out there more. But the thing is, I didn't have the grocery experience. So I knew I probably needed a strategic partner, not only money. We ended up getting a couple 
national contracts. We got one with Kroger, Walmart, and Whole Foods. Right. And I'm like, okay, we we need <laughs> more money than what we're bringing in in e-com. The margins are awesome on e-com, but we need more money and we need a strategic partner that understands grocery. And then the final decision of why I chose to look for outside funding was I, the growth was so massive. We had launched even more products and the cookbook and I started getting sick again. And I thought, okay, I did this to (laughs) help myself heal. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't know it. I never knew it was going to grow as fast as it grew. And I stayed true and authentic and I love my employees and, and customers. Like we love to serve and I have this five P philosophy in my business. And I'll tell you about that in a minute, but okay. I came full circle. I started getting sick again and I'm like, this is, this defeats the purpose of why I did this. And so I knew I needed to bring somebody in to help me and really do what I love, which is innovation and not necessarily be the CEO, but be the founder in innovation. So that's why I chose to do that. And with those contracts coming up, I'm really relieved that we went that route. Yes, because it, it, it the, the business changes dramatically as you scale. Um, it's a lot of businesses, I'm sure, are like this, but particularly with the food industry is, is that you very quickly go from talking to people who have two or three or a half dozen stores to... 200 stores to 2000 stores and it doesn't take long to make that difference. And and obviously those are completely different, different businesses. And so no good that, uh, good that that went on as well. So, okay. What's the five P's. So we, so for starters, it's gotta be a, a great product. And for me, it was taking my mess and making a message out of it and, the product helped me so much in so many ways. And if you have my cookbook, then you know all the different ways that you can use cauliflower and hide the fact that it's cauliflower because I'm all about hiding the vegetable taste. Not that I don't think it's a great taste, but you know, if you can feed it to picky kid eaters and they love it, then you know you're onto something. You so got it. a great product, stay true and authentic people. That was a big deal to me, surrounding myself with people that knew more than I know. And I did that. I learned who the great people were in the industry. I asked for help. People love, people in the food industry, probably in all industries, love to help startups. Yes, they do. So I would go to Fancy Food. I would, Fancy Food was one of the first food shows I went to. I went to all the seminars I could. I met some great people that are lifelongers in the food industry. They're now on my advisory board and they have been beyond helpful and they're, the Bob Burks of the world yep. and they're just amazing people. And so that was really key for me is surrounding myself with people that knew more than I did. And then listening, like really just paying attention, not just promoting myself or my product, but really listening and learning. So surrounding yourself with great people. I've had great employees um, that really care about serving customers. And one of the things I did early on is I hired people, not necessarily with experience, but they were humble hungry and had strong emotional intelligence. So we were a bunch of women working together. We didn't need the drama. So that worked really well to look for those characteristics. And it was an amazing uh, startup group of girls that we took this business, you know, from negative 269 to over 20 million online in less than two, two and a half years. 
Right. So it's been a, an amazing journey. So people, and then of course, passion, you've got to have passion. And I, sometimes I'll talk to people that are startups and they're doing something because they think it's a great idea that's going to make a ton of money. And you've got to be passionate. And you can't just look at dollar signs. It's going to slap you in the face. If that's all you're doing, your product for is a dollar sign or to jump on a new trend. That is the wrong reason. You've got to have some kind of internal passion. And I think you said at the beginning, you're starting to see a lot of people that are coming out with products or services because it's fulfilling a need of a loved one or a friend or themselves. And I think true success is when you're fulfilling and serving, uh, fulfilling the need and serving. So definitely you got to have the passion. Perseverance. That's been a big one. For oh me yeah. Because there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but not a lot in between. So what's going to carry you through the lows on a day where maybe my body's inflamed from stress. I haven't slept much. We've had packaging problems. This actually happened, by the way. <laughs> of course. I messed up. Yeah, I was, I was the final on the packaging, and I messed up um, the macros in the packaging. I signed off on it. I was also on a strict deadline for the cookbook, and I really just skimmed the packaging. And I signed off on $250,000 worth of packaging that was wrong. The number was wrong. Ugh. And my consumer, my consumer found it online, and I owned it and apologized and I'm so grateful to our loyal customers because they accepted that apology with open arms but it was rough I mean the first couple days before we could fix the packaging the sales dropped dramatically because people saw you know one person points it out online on social media and oh, bam, sure. it just goes yeah so I learned that through the lows and the highs, what kept me going and what gets me out of bed every day is those letters I received and the testimonials. And that's how I started my business. That's how I built it was on testimonials. I love reading them. It, nothing makes me happier to hear another autoimmune person changing and getting off their medication because they use food as medicine and they really care about the ingredients and they, they're feeding their families better or a diabetic that's lost enough weight to no longer have to inject themselves yes. with insulin. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge crisis in the United States. And so I love being a part of the solution there. So that gets me up and that keeps me going. And that really, I love the highs. They're great, but there's a lot more lows than highs. So perseverance. And then my final P, did I do all of them? Products, yes, passion, people, Yep. perseverance. The final P, and this is one that I've been able to do a lot in the last year, is paying it forward. And so we've been able to do a lot with, you know, one of the things I did last year was each one of my employees, I would pick an employee of the month, and they would get to give either a check for five to 10000 depending on how we were doing that month, to their charity of choice. Oh, great. And so it was great because I'm pouring into my own people because I believe in them. We're like a big, happy family. And then they get to pay it forward with their charity of choice, and they get to hand that check over. And that's been a lot of fun. And then we have the organizations that we've always supported, and we're really going to work very closely with the Lupus Foundation this year. But we've been able to you know, pay it forward in a bigger way because of our success. And I love that I've been able to do that because that just means so much to me. And I, and I believe when you pay it forward, it comes back to you tenfold anyways. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's karma. And yes, it, it's, it's supposed to work that way. 
Um, it, interesting that you you've captured, of course, a couple of things that um, at the end of the year, and we actually broadcast last week. The podcast was on last week was um, kind of a summation of the words of advice and stuff from people over the year. And, um, you know, several of the ones you've you've chosen, of course, were in there. And the last one we used was passion because uh, it, it was one of the things that seems to be a common thread. Um, then, you know, there are people who have come into the business to solve a family medical or personal medical problem. There have been people who've come in because they're disgusted with the way uh, food processing takes place. Um, I've talked to ex-techies who kind of maybe semi-retired early or whatever, and they're foodies and they want to get into the business. But, you know, common, certainly passion and perseverance, you know, with them all because they've all had challenges and stuff and and, and you've zeroed zeroed right in on it. Um, So going forward with right now, at least with, Kroger, Walmart, Whole Foods, whatever, and this is going to be the the same type of products and stuff that are available online. Or are you differing your differing your product makeup? How are you attacking that? So the way that I got healthy was taking any kind of comfort foods, and I grew up on comfort foods. I was my mom was a product of the depression. I mean, her mom was a product of the depression. I should say I'm aging my mom there. Um, but my <laughs> mom was a single mom. So I grew up eating things that I probably wouldn't feed my kids. And I, and my mom doesn't, you know, I'm, my mom did the best she could. Let's just put it that way. Sure. So what I want to do is take those comfort foods and make them healthy and reinvent the freezer section of the grocery store. And that's my goal is to take comfort foods, make it healthy, but also make it taste good. So we have some exciting things coming out in 2020, and we'll be showcasing those at Expo West. I'm really excited because it's going to be a game changer for our company, and it's, it's going in a direction that is different, and I, I feel like we need to do that. We need to differentiate ourselves from the other cauliflower products out there because there are so many, and it's, it's starting to get confusing. And I want to make sure that... <laughs> where we started and our roots continue to grow in the right direction. So I want to take that comfort food and, and make it healthy and tasty. And that's the route we're going. And I've got a whole cookbook with 125 recipes that I can, uh, that I can expand on. So I'm really excited. I love working with cauliflower because it is so bland. It takes on whatever flavors you want. It's, <laughs> it's got massive antioxidants and vitamins. So it's great. And and I yeah, will yeah, that's the route we're going. And I will get a copy of the book too because I'm I'm the cook in the family. So, um, but growing up on a farm, I'm one of those people who I actually love cauliflower and have always loved cauliflower. Um, also, Brussels sprouts and broccoli, by the way. But all those good things. But you know, we used to do. My mother cooked actually a curry, a chicken curry with cauliflower, and I and I still love it, and I make it, you know, to this this day. And the fact that cauliflower has suddenly become this super, you know, thing, it's like, yeah, guys, I've, I've been, you know, I've been eating cauliflower for a long time, not always, you know, roasted or whatever, not necessarily as a as a as a pizza crust for sure, although I want to try it, but. Having been, I guess you, I'll, I'll just say I'm keto friendly. I'm not necessarily, you know, a militant keto, but I'm keto friendly. So again, using the cauliflower in many different 
types of things, whether it's the mashed or baked or whatever we're doing. And then Food Network magazine just showed up the other day and they have an insert in the magazine of cauliflower recipes and usages. And it's like, okay, well, it's a star now. And I, and I think, I'm not sure, but I think unlike kale, of which I was never a fan of, um, I think cauliflower has that staying power precisely because of what you pointed out, which is its adaptability is so good and you can hardly mess it up. I mean, if you undercook a little bit, uh, it's crunchy. If you overcook a little bit, it it's like mashed, you know, so you're, you're good. Uh, and it does take so well to other spices and, and flavorings. So I, I can't wait to see what you're going to come out with. That'd be great. We'll be at expo. So I'll yeah. be, I'll be, t- I'll be trying it. Oh, you have to come by and see it. Oh, Absolutely. For sure. We Absolutely. have a lot of surprises happening at Expo, so come by and see our booth. <laughs> I wish I could tell you the number of it right now, but I can't remember because I'm on the food in my head. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be able to. Uh, I'm sure I'll be able to find it. But that's really, really a, a lot of fun. Um, let me ask you real quick about um, now in in the in the autoimmune area and in your, your work previously as a coach. Um, are you still, you know, working with organizations or working? you know, on that in terms of, you know, kind of lending now your business expertise or whatever to those, any of those organizations or supporting any of those organizations? Yeah, we definitely do. We have one particular organization that uh, had meal supplements. And again, I don't, I'm not proposing any particular diet per se, but more of a lifestyle change that fits your needs. Right. But this particular brand they use our Kelly light and it's not a crust that we'll ever use in grocery, but it's definitely one that we created with them in mind. And so they use it pretty heavily. All the coaches and their clients use it in that particular program. It's very low carb, low calorie. And then we, um, I'm, I'm starting to work with a bariatric association and some specific physicians because our product is great. We have a flatbread, which is a smaller serving size for the bariatric patients, which right. is great. And then working with um, weight loss clinics also that are trying to avoid patients from going into surgery. Again, I don't, you know, I'm not proposing people do bariatric right. surgery. Right. I'm just trying to get them to think differently about the way they're eating. So, yeah. And then I'm excited to be working really closely with, um, lupus foundation i'm very passionate about them and so we'll be working very closely with them again this year so i'm excited about all those and then the american diabetes association of course huge organization but still needing a lot of help and so i'm excited to work with With them them. as well like you when when you're looking into uh, actually a keto type diet and you know knowing where all this was was going um I was very surprised at a lot of the diabetic research that came back about low carb, doing low carb diet and how, you know, the initial sort of advice that's out there, the common wisdom, if you will, about carbs and diabetics was just the opposite of kind of what it should be or what it looked like. It was like, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm taking something that's actually spiking my sugar and whatever. And I think there's going to be a lot of fallout from that going forward as there's more clinical research being done over time on these patients to, uh, you know, again, food is medicine, begin to take this stuff seriously, which we should be doing. Absolutely. I think there's 
one of our target audiences, and I hope I'm not going to get my hand slapped from my marketing department, but one of our target audiences is pre-diabetics. It's a really, it's a group of people of course. that yes. have really bad habits that are soon to be diabetic if they don't change their ways, but it's also the most, like there's a lot of hope there to just try new things. You know, a cauliflower pizza, I, many times I've been at shows and different events and I've had people say, oh, I don't want to try that. I don't like cauliflower. Or they may not realize that it's a cauliflower pizza crust early on before it was such a craze. Right. And they would taste it and they couldn't believe it had cauliflower in it. So I think people need to, to give it a shot, even if they have um, a bad taste in their mouth, no pun intended, to vegetables and different things. Ugh. Try it. Try something new. You'll be surprised. And the health benefits of you know going low carb is phenomenal. We work with a influencer. His name is Thomas Delauer. And he is huge science-based. He's got a lot of information on why low-carb, in particular keto, intermittent fasting, the health benefits behind it. Right. He's, it's not just about weight loss, but the health benefits. Matter of fact, he is going to be visiting our booth at Expo West. So for any of you that are going to Expo West, come by and talk to Thomas and us. And oh, be great. love to meet you. We should let people know, by the way, since you're still very active in direct-to-consumer, um, that they can find uh, products and story and a lot more information at uh, www.cauliflower, and that is C-A-L-I-F-L-O-U-R, foods.com. Um, it's that neat, and, and I don't know if you invented that or or someone on your team did, but the, the unique way of breaking up the Cali and flour as the word flour is awesome. <laughs> I'll just say that. Well, oh, thank you. Well, that was my daughter who is, who at the time was 11 and <sighs> she came up with that name. And she also came up with um, hashtag the new white flour, meaning everything we were doing in our kitchen. Right. Most of those recipes are in the cookbook was replacing traditional white flour with cauliflower and not, powdered cauliflower we've always used fresh cauliflower so we don't use dehydrated or powdered cauliflower in any of our recipes so yeah she came up with that in cali meaning all of our farms and we did early on we tried to grow our own cauliflower in four acres and it didn't work <laughs> i was so disappointed oh. so i realized i can't be a farmer too like it isn't working no so our Cal yeah california all of most of our cauliflower comes from California and Arizona. So cauliflower foods is how the name came about for that reason. That's great. And they can also, uh, at, at retail, um, are the products in Whole Foods or Walmart yet or not yet? So nationwide Walmart does have our crust. Okay, crust. Yep. Our flatbreads and our pizzas are online. We ship anywhere in the country. So that you can get that on our website at cauliflowerfoods.com. And again, it's Cali, like California, and you spelled it out. So thank you for that. And in Whole Foods right now, we're in the SOPAC region, Southern California, Arizona. That region will be nationwide by May. And then um, we're in several Kroger's. If you go to our website, you can find a store locator. We're in almost 6,000 stores now. So wow. Okay. We're, we're all over the place. But not all of our SKUs are in every store. Right. 
So, and then our new products, um, I can't really tell you where they're going to be, but they'll be in grocery and <laughs> online. That, 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 that's okay. To- totally understood. We're not, don't want any proprietary information going out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that's really exciting and, um, looking forward to, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you at Expo and, and, and tasting some of the new stuff as well as, uh, as well as some of the stuff you already have, because it's, uh, um, it, it's the stuff, by the way, also photography and stuff on the website looks great. It makes it really appealing. I think a lot of people, I, I don't know that you probably, to your point earlier is, um, there's a, a vegetable problem that we, we all have. And like, like some people have a seafood problem, right? And it's like, well, I want you to try these tilapia fillets, you know, Veracruz. And they go, oh, I don't like fish. You go, no, no, no. Seriously, <laughs> you need to try. Tilapia is not really a fish. It's kind of a carrier. You know, it, it does what you want it to do in the recipe based on what you put in it. And, you know, cauliflower does it well as well, as well as being healthy all on its own. Right. I mean, that's the magic yeah. of it. Is this not like yeah. I'm. I'm bending some rule here to get something that is, you know, good. It's good all on your own. Just steam it and eat it. It's just fine. But um, absolutely, the adaptability is is just awesome. Well, you know, I, I mean, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. I know toward, at the end we usually ask, you know, the 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 one word, one topic, but you've kind of given us five already. So I'll let you off that hook because we'll we'll use the five. And, uh, and and put those together, which, by the way, folks, is product. Very important. Primary people. Uh, your team is right there. Passion you have to have to get through this. Perseverance. Excellent, Amy, for bringing that up because it is. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows both in this in this business. And more important, most important, probably pay it forward um, because uh, that's that's how it needs to work if we're all gonna gonna get through this. So I really appreciate one more. Can I sure you can, of course you can get in for those those startups. Yes. This is something that I had to learn early on and it was no, the word no (laughs) doesn't mean no. It means next opportunity and you've (laughs) got to be strategic in how you take that next opportunity. Oh yeah. Never make a decision based on fear. So don't let no's and doors slammed in your face be the final decision and people need your product. If you're doing it for the right reasons, people need it. Right. Just figure out the next opportunity out of that now. I, I <laughs> promise you it works. <laughs> I, I sometimes work with classes and stuff where I tell people no is actually is actually a short phrase for I don't have time to explain maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, like right, not right now. I can't tell you why <laughs> I might consider it. So I'm just going to say, you know, no. and you do get those, you, you know, obviously you've been in this situation, you get those turndowns where you do everything in front of a buyer or everything in front of someone that you want to take this product on. And they just go, no, I just really don't think so at this point. So it's like, no, it happens a lot. And you just got to realize what do they need and how can you fulfill that need? And listen, I want to thank you for hosting this podcast because you're letting people like me tell their stories. And I really appreciate it in this space. I very much appreciate the opportunity. Hey, no no problem. And uh, great, great talking with you today. And again, thanks for, for taking the time, sharing the story with us. And uh, everybody can get over to uh, cauliflowerfoods.com and, and take a look at the stuff. So again, thanks, Amy. Thank and you. thanks to all of you for joining us here on the Next Level Brands podcast. Our podcast brought to you today by Kitchen to Shelf, the educational arm of Next Level Brands and providers of online and in-person courses 
workshops, and webinars for CPG entrepreneurs at any stage of growth. If you'd like to know more about selling at retail, e-commerce, distributors, or how to price check your product, check out the free webinar archive at kitchen2shelf.com. That's kitchen, the number two, shelf.com, what you need to know to grow. This is Steve Clear, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands podcast with G. Stephen Clear. Learn more at Next with two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.